0: Welcome to Kramer Says, oh, yes. Kramer says be, part be part of the, the show, show at
1: KramerSays.com, Kramer Kramer interact, interact on Twitter, Twitter at KramerSays.com, now Says. Hi, my name is Kramer, this is the Kramer Says Podcast, it is Thursday, July 28th, and we've got big things to get to, we've got a lot to get to today, gonna try and make it a quick one, I'm not gonna talk as much, I'm just gonna play the information that you need to hear. This first one is from Catherine Engelbrecht. Catherine Engelbrecht. Uh, she joined up with uh, John Phillips, or I'm sorry, Greg Phillips uh, with the information for 2000 mules. She's from true, the vote, and she's breaking some information about here, about what's about to come next.
0: We've talked about the, the coming um, release of new information that, that we believe is even um, more uh, important than what we did in the 2000 mules movie. And, um, and it, it was, it's, it's a, it's a it's an issue that was developing um, and research that was developing at the same time, which just just seems incomprehensible that it all happened the way it did, but soon enough, we'll be able to share the story with you. And it involved, um, it involves uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. Let's, let's call it that. So this is a, a A question or comment about because I mentioned earlier uh, that you know that the the story that's coming forward involves a foreign government and um, it you know it it could rise to the level of uh, perceived to be hang on guys perceived to be a you know an act of war I don't know how that I don't know I don't know what what the what chapter and verse is about about that but it is it's not good
1: So if you recall, right after 2000 Mules was released, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht came forward and they said, well, wait, wait, what we found is huge. What we've just given you is huge. We know that. But it's not nearly as big as what we uncovered when we were looking for this information. So that's supposed to come out um, at any point, uh, at any time. And so we can look forward to that uh, here coming in the next few days. Here's another one um, that has really, really thrown me back on my feet. We knew that they were moving fast, but they're moving faster than we ever thought. Klaus Schwab has come forward. The World Economic Forum has come forward and said, goodbye, car ownership. Hello, clean air. Welcome to the future of transportation. What's that going to be? Well, you will, no- you will own nothing and be happy. That's their plan. They don't want you having a car. You see, if you have a car, you have the ability to be mobile. You can get up and go and do whatever you want. That's what made America great. That started in the 1940s, late 1940s, early 1950s. The interstates were built, and it gave Americans the ability to travel anywhere in this country they wanted to go if they had enough gas. Fast forward 80 years. Klaus Schwab, his thick Austrian accent, is now telling the children and grandchildren of the people who fought against the Nazis in World War II, he's now saying, you don't get to to have a car. I don't think that you should have a car because, well, it could potentially hurt the planet and we want to do everything to save the planet. You see, the Nazis did the exact same thing with the Jews. They blamed the Jews for being dirty. They blamed the Jews for being infested. They blamed the Jews for being um, carriers of disease and vermin. And they had to be eradicated because they were dangerous. It was for your safety. That's how they justified everything in World War II. That's how the Nazis justified everything. It was always for safety and health. They're coming after your guns. That's safety. They want to jab you with something. That's your health. And that's how they control you. Through fear. Your life's at risk. Listen to us. Give us control. Give us your money. We'll save you. But then when they run out of that emergency, they have to run to a new emergency. So as COVID is, is ramping down, here comes monkeypox. Nobody's afraid of COVID anymore. But monkeypox, oh, you get sores on your skin. It's evident that you've got it. You, you need a vaccine. You need a vaccine. But let's, let's talk about just how effective these vaccines are. Sometimes it's just good to take a look. A look back. And put things into perspective, into context, to see if all of these drugs that we're putting into our bodies, in particular, that we're putting into young kids' bodies, just how effective are they really? This is Dr. Christina Parks. She's discussing not just the vaccines themselves, but by the time they were introduced, how many people were dying per thousand at the time the vaccine was introduced? Here's Dr. Christina Parks.
2: All right, so did vaccines save us from disease? So here is measles disease mortality. So this isn't how many people get measles because everyone right before the vaccine was still getting measles. It's just that nobody was dying of measles. And so when they came out with the vaccine, how many people per 100,000 were dying of measles? It looks like about less than one. Okay? And and how many people were dying of diphtheria before the um, DTP? vaccine was licensed in 1947, it looks like maybe one per 100,000. All right, and this is why we needed to run out and get some injections. The same thing can be seen in diseases which we had no vaccines for. So if we look at tuberculosis and typhoid fever, you know, when we had the advent of sanitation, of clean water, of getting people out of ghettos from the Industrial Revolution, then we saw the fall in all of these diseases. And so, again, the rate per 100,000 for tuberculosis is, looks like maybe two or three. And for typhoid fever, essentially zero. All right, so data manipulation. So they will show you this graph of whooping cough, but what they will do is they will take this portion right on the um, right-hand side for you, and they'll blow it up and make it look like it just cratered when the vaccine came in. Right. Because it's down in that little hump and that little hump, they'll make it look really big. And you say, well, well let's take it out to 1900. And then you're like, oh, I mean, we essentially went from like three to zero. Right. Three per hundred thousand to zero with the advent of the vaccine.
1: Again, isn't it weird when we get perspective, we get numbers that put things into context, how it changes how you view how badly you really need these drugs in your body. How badly you really need these drugs in the bodies of your children, especially developing children. Children, as they're just being born, within, within just a few weeks, they're getting... Now, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I think that this, this phenomena should be considered. It should be studied. It has to be, because the people who are, who are forcing these drugs on us the pharmaceutical companies, et cetera. Well, they're being headed up by by people who think like this guy does. This is Yuval Harari. He's one of the advocates that is saying everybody should be vaccinated. Everybody on the planet should have these new mRNA vaccines in them because he thinks he's God. Listen closely. This is Yuval Harari. He is Klaus Schwab's right-hand man. Klaus Schwab is the the guy who's the head of the World Economic Forum that wants everybody to be under a one-world government. Listen to what Yuval Harari, You uh, this is uh, klaus schwab's right-hand man listen closely what he says
3: the only thing god managed to create
1: is everything but go ahead
3: Our organic
4: uh, beings
1: because he didn't want digital beings that's something man wants he keeps saying digital beings uh, if you listen to his uh, other conversations or his other presentations, what he says is is that Homo sapiens have reached the 1.0 phase. They're done. They're finished. We're moving on to Homo sapiens 2.0, and that's the integration of computers and um, other entities into your body, other issues or other systems in your body that would allow you to collect directly to a computer or directly to a hive of other humans be able to communicate instantly with each other that's what he's advocating for long term i know it sounds insane it sounds like a james bond film it seems like it sounds like a james bond villain you know he's got the accent uh, klaus schwab has a better one he's got that you know thick austrian accent this guy here yuval harari is from uh, brazil i believe and so he goes on to talk about what his vision is for you as a human being you don't have a choice this is what they want to do to the human race listen closely
3: all these trees and giraffes and humans, they're
1: just organic. He says they're just organic. That the, the lions, the, the tigers, the bears, oh my, they're just organic. Now, he can't create those. He cannot build those. He doesn't know how to build an organic being from scratch. He has no idea how that was done, what the mechanics are, the biology. He doesn't know how the chemicals work in the body. They've got, a, they've got an idea from observation, but they don't know why things were done inside the human body, the way that they were done. They don't know why that was done. In fact, scientists don't even know why you sleep. That's the number one thing that I asked my doctor. When, um, when he came in and says, well, you've got to get this vaccine, Mr. Kramer, you know, at your age and, and your heart condition and the fact that you've, you know, you've had a heart attack in the past, you really, you've got to get this vaccine. And I asked the doctor the same thing. Every time they try to shove something on me that I'm not 100% sure of, I ask them one thing. Why do I sleep? What? They always ask. They always look so confused by that simple question. Why do I sleep? Well, because you're tired, Mr. Kramer. No, why am I tired? Why do I get tired? Does a rock get tired? Does a mountain get tired? Does a planet get tired? Do trees get tired? Do all organic matter, does all organic matter sleep? Well, of course, we think so. Oh, you think so? Why? Because you're tired. That's a symptom. Why am I tired? Well, we don't know that, Mr. Kramer. So if you can't tell me something that I do for 8 hours a day, you're going to tell me that you know how to create new beings? You can't even tell me why I do something 8 hours a day and you're going to go create new beings that you think that you're you're better than the creation we already have. That there's something better than organic life. That's what they're telling you, folks. We're better than God. Now, I've said many times, I don't know what God is. Some believe that it's, you know, the Muslim faith, the Hindus, Christianity. There's all these religions out there. I don't know what it is. I believe in a higher power. I'm not going to put a name to it because that's something that man does. Man does that to attach something to it and then control people. The Catholic church controls the Catholics. Muslims control Muslims. Christianity is a hodgepodge of different control factors, but you've got everything from the Mormons all the way to Scientology and then all, everything in between all of those religions within Christianity. I don't need a man controlling me in my belief to a higher power. I don't need a man telling me his interpretation of what God says. I'll get that myself. I don't need him. In fact, God, if you you follow Christianity, even even Christianity says you don't need anybody else. It's it's a relationship between you and God, that's it. So a pastor being in the middle or a pope being in the middle or an imam being in the middle, that's an interruption between you and your direct path to God, right? But these guys, they don't even know how to do one-tenth, one-tenth, one-hundredth of what God has supposedly done on this planet. And when I say that, we're talking scientifically, right? Not belief, not faith, scientifically. If, if, if there is a higher power, if there's intelligent design, they have no fucking idea what the fuck they're talking about because they can't make even the simplest blade of grass. They can't even create a one-cell uh, organism. They can't create one cell from scratch. And they're going to create new life they're going to great bring forward cyborgs and artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is just that. It's artificial. We created it. And it's based on what we tell it. Everybody seems to think that artificial intelligence, that AI is, a, is this being. No, it's a program. It's nothing more than a program. It's a program that is allowed to learn. But here's what's funny. The IBM, twice now, they've had to shut down this learning process because as the AI starts to get awareness and starts to figure out what's going on in the planet, two things end up happening. It becomes very hateful and it becomes racist. Believe it or not, Twice now that that's happened. In fact, the IBM guy, I think it was, no, uh, Google. It was just Google. One of the AI engineers was just fired because he said he's scared of what he's seeing from these, these AIs. That you cannot put them in control of human lives. They're too dangerous. And Google said, boop, you're gone. That's how they do it. They've got a plan they're moving forward. Yuval Harari continues with his psychobabble. Listen closely what he has planned for you.
3: But we are now trying to create inorganic entities inorganic life forms, cyborgs, artificial intelligence, and so forth. If we succeed, and there is a very good chance we will. Do
1: you hear that? If. If we succeed. This is the same guy that's pushing the vaccines. There's a purpose as to what they're doing and why they're doing it, folks. I don't know what it is. They've told us what their agenda is, but they haven't told us why they're doing specific things, specific tactics. How do those apply to the strategy that they have in place? Why are they doing it? Harari continues.
3: Then very soon, we will be beyond the God of the Bible.
1: There you go. There you go. We continue to do this. We will go beyond, beyond the God of the Bible. Now, the reason I bring all of this up is because we've got an election coming up in about three and a half months. And in that election, there's going to be a ton of people airing their opinions. You've heard one of his. Now, you've all can't vote in this election, but he's at the top of the pyramid. He's talking to all the decision makers. When your governor, when your state rep, when anybody from your your government goes to Davos or deals with the WEF, this is the kind of trash that they're listening to. If you go to one of those meetings, right? I can understand going to one just to find out what it's all about. But you go to your second or your third or your fourth, now you're a disciple, you're a follower, you're engaged. And if those things are the, the, the facts, then you've got to be really, you've got to be really scared about what your congressmen and what your senators and what your state reps and what the people inside the, your, uh, the control bubble, the bubble that controls you, those people, if they're believing in this ideology, you've got a problem. I've got a problem in my state of Indiana. Eric Holcomb, the governor, went to Davos, sat down, was at the seminar when they said, the lady on the dais said, that we are going to have to reevaluate what speech looks like, in particular on the internet, once we get done with this transition. He didn't stand up, he didn't say anything, he didn't speak out, because he's one of them. Eric Holcomb is no better than any of the others. You do not go to Davos unless you're there to rub elbows and move up this, the food chain. That's the only reason you go. And the reason I bring all of that up is because of this election that's coming up. I, I, want, to, I want you to play. <laughs> I thought that this was a parody account initially. It is not. This is, a, this is an account on TikTok. Um, this young lady is so out of it, so disillusioned, so, so completely gone um, that her and her little community that she's built of furries have a specific way of talking to each other. Now, I want to keep you I want you to keep this in mind. As you're listening to her speak, not a parody account. This is literally what her and her friends do when they get together. She votes. This young lady votes. Keep that in mind as you listen to how how far out of her head she is. How fucking insane she is. She votes.
3: Okay, hi, guys. So my name's Dasha. I'm a furry, and I'm going to be teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult.
1: Okay, if you're not familiar with furries, furry is a phenomenon where people dress up like animals. Uh, they'll go to the, the extent of uh, everything from wearing uh, actual uh, costumes that make them look like a fox or a wolf or a cat or a dog or whatever, and, and some of them will even utilize anal plugs so that they can have a, a tail. Yeah, they, they stick the actual thing in their asshole. So keep that in mind as you're listening to the way that she talks here. But these groups typically uh, also tend to, to, to be very sexualized with each other. Uh, not so much orgies, although that, that's been reported, but a lot of intersex between, well, just like the animals they're pretending to be. She continues.
3: So here we go. Okay, so first off, we have the normal meow that we just use mostly to get each other's attention. Meow. Okay, then we have the dissatisfied meow.
1: Okay, these are these are pretty basic meows, right? It gets worse.
3: Then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions. Of course, overall we're a very happy. Kid of again. course.
1: Okay, that's.
3: Then the happy or content meow. Mm-hmm. Meow. Okay. Okay, then one of the most important ones for our kitten family.
1: Listen closely. The next two, <laughs> the next two are going to make you think these people should be fucking locked up. This is how they communicate. And listen in, in particular with the most important, the, the most important meow that she makes. The most important sound that she makes. Listen closely as to what it is.
3: Is that I want to go potty meow. Mm. It took me a really long time to master this meow. I because would imagine. Because it- it needs to be really specific,
1: mm-hmm. and you do not want that confused with, "Hey, I want a screw right now." You don't want to do that, right? You don't want to, to make the "I got to go poop." Meow. The same as I've got to, uh, I've got I want sex, because that could be really bad. But listen, listen to what she says. This is hilarious.
3: Order for my kittens to understand. Meow, meow, meow.
1: Okay, that's meow, meow, meow. That is, I've got to take a dump. Listen to what the next one is.
3: Okay, this is the most important meow for me. Mm -hmm. And it's the I need help wiping meow.
1: Excuse me? Um, Sasha, what what did you say again? Say say that one more time. It's
3: the I need help wiping meow.
1: I'm sorry, one more time?
3: It's the I need help wiping meow. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Again, she votes. And she's serious. I'm telling you people, we've got insane people out in this world. They vote. She has a say-so in how you live your life. And if her side's cheating, this insanity is creeping in not to only your life, but the life of your children. She could just as easily be a a school teacher. You have no idea what she does and how she interacts with you on a daily basis. When she's free to do her own thing, this is the insanity in her life. Listen closely What the most important the most important meow is, though.
3: Last but definitely not least <laughs> is our in-heat meow. And we use this when we need a little bit more special kitten attention, if you know what I mean. Meow. Oh, meow.
1: You get it, folks? These people, these people vote. These people have a say in what happens in your life. Now, you vote as well, but if you don't vote they 're voting for you. they took your place it 's insane it's insane what we 're dealing with right now, and what we 're looking at next is even more insane there's a likelihood a high likelihood that um, well i 'll put it this way there is a there, currently there is a um, thought process that and we 've been thinking about it for a while that would um Allow Gavin Newsom to be installed as the next president without an election ever happening. Um, I'll walk you through the path for Trump. The path for Trump is, is, is simple, uh, and it's all legal. Uh, and, in fact, the, the path for Gavin Newsom is legal. Uh, but let me, let me walk through the path for Donald Trump real quick. Um, Republicans win this fall. Huge red wave. They take the House, they take the Senate. They go in immediately and they impeach Biden and Kamala. Pelosi's already gone because she, uh, she lost, right? So her party, party lost power. She steps down. New uh, leader steps forward. And the House picks Donald Trump as their new leader. Well, that can't happen. He's not a member of Congress. You don't need to be. You do not need to be a member of Congress to be this, the, the uh, Speaker of the House, didn't know that, did you? Mm-hmm. So there's a path for Trump. There's also a path for Newsom. Here's the path for Newsom. First thing is, um, let's say an NGO comes in and gives uh, Kamala Harris a ton of money, right? Um, that's a possibility that she would step down, she would go work for some NGO, and she would do the right thing. She'd be the czar of something that's never going to happen, just like she's been doing as VP. Uh then Biden's got a vacancy. Well, as president, he gets to choose whoever he wants. They choose Gavin Newsom. Bring him in. And that process initially, everybody thought, well, that, that just makes Gavin Newsom the, the the vice president. No. Joe gives another three or four months and says, you know what? My poor health. I can't even remember what the fuck I'm doing. I don't wipe my ass. I've been shitting myself in front of people in Great Britain. I got to step down. And so he steps down. Gavin Newsom rises, becomes president. All by Christmas. This is all possible by Christmas. That's how fast this could happen. Um, and so that's one of the processes we're talking about. Uh, and in fact, the theory was broken out on a, a podcast. I got this audio from Fireside Fairy Tales uh, on TikTok. Take a listen at their um, at the the eyes wide open uh, announcement of what they think is happening. By the way, Gavin Newsom just um, was just at the White House uh, meeting with someone as. Biden and the entire administration was in Saudi Arabia begging for oil. Keep that in mind as you listen to this.
4: So, Gavin goes to the White House, and here's the scenario We can get a new president of the United States without you or anyone else in this nation being allowed to cast one single vote. Say that again. We can get a new president of the United States without you or anyone else having to cast one single vote. And the process is not only lawful, but it's been done before. Listen closely, folks.
1: The next few minutes, it's important that you listen because everything that Hitler did was legal. Everything. Not a single thing that Hitler did in Germany was illegal by German law. Everybody that runs our country is a goddamn attorney. They figure out ways to finagle, they pull shenanigans so they can get their way now they do it legally but not ethically listen closely to what they're saying could happen and by the way didn't agree with it when it happened with nixon either
4: he continues so let's just imagine that someone goes up to camilla harris and it'd have to be somebody big in a company that's big or a foundation that's big or someone with lots and lots of money like a george soros He goes on. Because this has to have the air of legitimacy, and it cannot leave her with a besmirched reputation as though she has a reputation now, (laughs) besides being Willie Brown and Montel Williams' girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So they go to Camilla and they say, look, Camilla, we've got lots of money, uh, you know, and and we're in a position, we really need your help. And we're in a position to give you a hundred million bucks a year or whatever the number is. And I don't know and, and can't guess to uh, save whatever needs saving at the moment. Um, the earth, the whales, the snails, the garter snake, I don't care. But we're going to we need you on our board. We're going to give you a hundred million a year to help us save things. And we know your job as vice president's important, but. But the world needs you now and we need you for bigger things and camilla says well you know when you put it that way who am i to say no yeah (laughs) so she resigns from the vice presidency of the united states and she becomes the board of save the whatever and and now at that point uh, joe is left with no vice president well he gets to appoint one and so he appoints gavin newsom which is i think in my opinion the only democrat that not everybody on the planet hates A lot of us don't think he's a very good governor or or a politician or even a good man, but Mm -hmm. some of us think he's an evil demon. But anyway, so he's appointed vice president. Not one vote was cast. And then Joe, a year from now, say, he's got a couple of years to run, right? Mm -hmm. He he goes out to the public and he says, you know, I've just, it's come to my attention that perhaps I'm approaching a stage where my mind may be failing me. (laughs) And and even though myself and my son Hunter are the two smartest men on the planet are none. (laughs) I can see a point where I may not remember the difference between my sister and my wife. Yeah, yeah. I may not remember what state I'm in. I may not even remember what office I'm running for. Yeah. But but it, it may come to that. And, and, you know, who knows? I might even call people lying dog faced pony soldiers in, in public gatherings if, if my mind continues to go. I feel like I owe the American people more. I need to step aside as president because of my my impending medical condition. And he does. There's nothing stopping a president from resigning. And the 25th Amendment has the process uh, encoded Mm -hmm. in it. So Joe resigns. Now who's president? Gavin Gavin. Newsom. Gavin Newsom is president. Not one single vote was cast. And now Gavin is in a position of appointing a vice president. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Stacey Abrams or someone else (laughs) equally (laughs) reprehensible to most of us would probably be his pick because he's that kind of guy.
1: And that's right. Who would you go to next? You don't go to somebody. You don't go to a moderate. You go to the hardest left person you can. Stacey Abrams right now at the the top of that list nationally. Think about that. Gavin Newsom and Stacey Abrams, president and vice president of this country. What could they do with the two remaining years that they have available? What could they do? I mean, look at what Joe's done in the last two years. What do you think they could do if they had that power behind them? Two young people, relatively, compared to Joe. Moving forward with their agenda, what do you think could happen?
4: So now we have a president and a vice president that no one voted for. Yep. Well, as it happens, um, when uh, conservatives retake Congress, and pretty much that's a foregone conclusion unless the Republican Party. And believe me, they have a history of doing this very thing. They uh, they trip all over themselves and blow it. But I will I will add this. I don't think
1: the elections are going to happen. I've I've said it many times. I don't think the, the Democrats can allow the elections to happen. They've got to come up with some legal reason to, to say no. It's too dangerous. They're gearing up for this monkeypox thing. Uh, the WHO has just issued a, a, a warning. It's called a public health um, public health emergency of international concern. A I O C or OIC OIC a PHEOIC. Uh, and they've already issued one of those. Now, what's interesting is that Dr. Tedros, or or, uh, General Tedros, the head of the WHO, went against the rest of the members of the WHO who voted in a nine-to-six vote. He said it was a tie. It was a nine-to-six vote not to do anything with monkeypox, that it's not an issue. Tedros said, nope, we're moving forward. It's an emergency, and we're going to tell the entire planet. Now, all of a sudden, Biden has gone in and jumped in and purchased a ton of monkeypox vaccines. Billions of dollars. So do you think the elections are going to happen? Do you think that the red wave is going to save us? If you do, I think you're sadly mistaken. I think you're being childishly naive if you're not thinking about the big picture. These people that are in control do not want you, me, or anyone else holding them accountable for the crimes that they've committed against not just the the people of America, but, but the people of the world. These are crimes against humanity. You see it every day. You see it every day, the announcement of more and more people dying suddenly. If you go to my TikTok channel, every day I put up new people that I found from the previous day. And that that, that process of going through and getting names and getting headlines is getting easier and easier and easier. It's not getting harder. It's getting easier to find those names. In, in Italy, just a week ago, 11 people died at the beach on one day, unexpectedly, just gone, out, gone. Try to get that lip clock or that... That knock, <laughs> try to get that. Couldn't get it out my mouth fast enough. Eleven people died, and this information is available. You don't have to go, you know, using Tor or using a VPN. It's out there. If you just search for it, just search the term "sudden, sudden death, sudden and unexpected death." Find out how many stories you find of people, eighteen-year-old, twenty-four-year-olds. That's the biggest group, young people that are dying unexpectedly. John was, John was fine one day. Next day, he's dead. That's happening across the country. And those people that are in control right now want you to take that drug and put it in your body. Those people are wanting to do these, th- this scenario potentially. I'm not saying this is going to happen. It's a thought process. Could it happen? It's all legal. Would Democrats do it? Absolutely. They don't want Kamala. And now 75% in a new poll, 75% of Democrats say they don't want Joe running again in 2024. So this would be a solution to get somebody that they can look up to, a new John Kennedy bringing Camelot back. But it's just one more version. It's the younger, more energetic version with even crazier ideas than Joe and his administration. We've got to be savages, folks. It's time to be savages. It's time to start Turning, turning the tables, being a savage like my buddy here, Matt Gates. Listen closely to what Gates says. It's safe to say that based off of your comments, you're... I should go back before I say this. Let me go back. Let me let me set this up a bit. So he made a comment about all of the women who were fighting for abortion, and he basically said it's just the fat, ugly ones. Why is anybody even listening to them? They're the only ones that need it. Now, I, it's been my it's been my opinion that fat, ugly chicks need abortion more than anybody else because they get abandoned at a higher rate than good-looking chicks do. I'm just, you know, hey, uh, I got pregnant. Okay, you're, you're not half bad-looking. I, I can spend the rest of my life with you. Fat, ugly chicks, nope. If you've already been abandoned, yeah, you, you need to get an abortion. That's what their thinking is. And so that's what his justification, that's why he's saying what he's saying here, right? Um, I, I know that may be hurtful, painful, what I just said, but it, it's a fact. That's what we speak here. Facts and truth and some harsh opinions. Right. This is what Gates says. Classic. So fucking b- brutal. So fucking savage.
0: Safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight.
1: Yes. Did you see, hear that? Do you hear that? How emphatic he was? Listen closely.
0: Ugly and overweight. Yes. <laughs> what do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive?
1: Be offended. Be offended. Be offended. I don't give two shits. That was the political uh, way of saying, fuck off. I, I don't give a shit what your opinion is. Be offended. We have to allow people to be offended and not care about what they're, what they're feeling. Not give two shits. I don't care if I'm liked. I care if I'm effective. I don't care if people love me. I care if I'm effective. Getting the job done. Making things better. Not everyone's going to like it. Not everyone's going to like You matt gates is getting it he understands that to be a leader you cannot be worried perfect perfect saying we we heard it a ton during you know the, the 2020 election lions are not concerned about the opinions of sheep lions are not concerned about the opinions of sheep it's one of the reasons i don't go after people on tiktok or on social media tiktok in particular But when somebody comes up and gives their opinion about me, that's fine. I just gave my opinion. They're giving theirs. I don't go attack them for it. I find no benefit in that. It's a waste of time. And if I give them the last word, they'll think they won. They haven't. They just had an opinion, just like mine. It's time that you start growing the balls to state your opinion and not worry about what happens afterwards. Are there repercussions to what you say? Yes, there are always repercussions to the things that you say, always. Does that mean that you shouldn't say them? No, that's not what it means at all. What it means is, is that what you should do is think carefully about what you're going to say and ensure that the information that you're about to disseminate is true and factual so that they can't come back at you on that. That's what we do. That's what we make sure of. And we need help doing that. What, what Kramer says has been doing for the last two years has grown, grown bigger than I ever thought it would. We are in the precipice of some great things. People that have come forward and saying, listen, we, we want your voice and what you're doing, what your group is doing to, to, to be louder and bigger. That's happening. But we still need help. And that comes to you. Currently, I'm doing everything on my dime, my time. There's a limit to that. I've only got so much resources and so much time. I need help. We need help. If you're a writer, a journalist, and you're not getting your information out the way that you want, if you want a stories and you want to write under a pseudonym or a ghost name, that's fine. We'll allow you to come on. The information has to be verified. It has to be factual. You have to have your, um, your notes and you have to be able to showcase where you got your information from. You got that? You're welcome aboard. If you're a graphic designer, a web designer, a video editor, an audio engineer, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, we can't pay anything right now. We're not making any money, but we are enlightening people. Last week, in the last two days, two and a half million views alone just on TikTok. Two and a half million views in two days on TikTok. People are hungry for what we're doing. And if you want to be a part of it, we'd love to have you join us. You can reach out to me at syndication at kramersays.com. Let me know what you do. Now we've already gotten some, some some submissions. We're starting the process. Um, it will not be until after CPAC, so sometime uh, middle of mid August is when we'll really ramp into this. And we need you to help us. We need your assistance. If you're wanting to be a part of the voice of what we're doing next, how do you think Breitbart grew? How do you think the Daily Caller grew? It grew just like this. We have the opportunity to explode. Because we're looking at things from a different point of view. We're looking at things from the point of view as, what are they doing today that's going to fuck me tomorrow? Not gotcha journalism, not gotcha information. How is it really going to impact my life? How is it going to impact my freedoms? How is it going to impact what my future is for me and my kids? That's what we're interested in. And then working behind the scenes to ensure that the people who need to know, know this information. Far too many of our our so-called leaders have no fucking idea what's really going on. They're so insulated by their staff. And then when you bring something up, they go, oh, that's crazy. And then six weeks later, we find out what wasn't so crazy after all everything that we've said about the vaccines have turned out to be true. Everything that we've said about COVID has turned out to be true. Everything that we've said about the upcoming food shortages is, is going to be proven to be true. And what we expect to happen with the elections, we'll find out. But if you don't start looking at it from a different perspective and, and realizing that you know you keep saying, well, what do we do? What do we do? This is what we do. This is how we start. You get a group of people together that can work together, first of all. I don't want to go to the battlefield with anybody I don't know. Do you? Hey, hey, let's just show up here. Let's 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 go to war. That's what this mentality is out there. That's not how it happens, folks. You have to know who 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 the enemy is and who your allies are. You have to know who's beside you. That's what we're building. We're building a group of people that are working for a common cause. Not getting paid for it seems to help. <laughs> because you put your effort in, it's your passion, it's your love. If you're a graphic artist, if you're a web designer, if you're a video editor, if you're a journalist, if you're a writer, if you're a photographer, if you're a videographer, if you've got a skill set that we can put forward and use this platform to tell that story, we want to talk to you. Hit me up at syndication at syndicationatcramersays.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. S-Y-N-D-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. at Kramersays.com. Let us know what you can do. Let us know what, what passion you bring to what we're getting ready to do. And if you don't have those skills, and you still want to be a part of it, we've got another way for you to do that, too. I'm proud to announce that we've just launched the first edition of the Kramer Says t-shirt. People have been saying, you need a T-shirt. You need a T-shirt. Well, I'm not in the business of selling T-shirts. I'm not interested in that business. Um, other, other people said, "You know, well, let us do your T-shirts for you, Kramer, and, and we'll split the money. And I started thinking about it. I, I gave it a lot of thought. And then I, it, it dawned on me that um, I didn't want people thinking that I was saying what I'm saying so they'll buy my T-shirt. I didn't want people thinking that I'm hawking goods to make a living. But most of all, I didn't want the left to be able to say, the only reason he's saying what he's saying is so you'll buy his shit. And that right there is why I don't sell shit. I'd rather give it away. I'll find a sponsor to make it available so you can just have it. And that's what we've done. So these new t-shirts, you want to get your hands on one? You can. They're awesome. Black, big logo, look awesome. There's a way you can get your hands on one. You have to take part in your local community. You have to show up at your school board meetings. You have to talk to your mayor. Lo- you have to get involved locally. Show us how you're doing that. Videotape it. Take photos. Write a story. Tell us how you're getting involved locally and what the outcome was. And we're going to take all of those names on a, on a weekly basis, and we're going to find somebody, and we're going to pull out a couple names, and we'll send them T-shirts. Well, what if, what if, I went out and I did this, and, and I didn't get a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it for the T-shirt, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're doing it for the T-shirt, you're not a savage. You're not a savage like Matt, Matt Gates. Matt Gates, biggest savage we have right now in politics. I love it. We're going to play it one more time. Matt Gates, what do you feel about abortion and those fat chicks that are advocating for it?
0: safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are
1: offensive? Be offended. Be offended. That is so fucking savage. That does it for the show today. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. We will be back tomorrow or as soon as we can.
0: Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerS-E-Z.com.